All right, that was a little 8-bit version of uh, Under Pressure by Queen. So this is another episode of Best Frenemies with Christopher Long. And Johnny Castana. And this episode, we're going to be talking about uh, the movie Bohemian Rhapsody. We're going to talk about um, Chris's first competition. Oof, yeah. We're going to do top five bucket lists. Yes. And we're going to do some recommendations. And I'm always going to take you out with the, what's, what's popping this week, oh, <laughs> musically. Sh- oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> um, seems like we just recorded, dude. I'm going to be honest. Hey, you know what? I'm going to take this opportunity to give Johnny some shit. Because oh, our, our dear friend, Gus, El Mysterioso, played on Friday. And uh, you'll remember that from uh, the episode when he came in, live performance, in studio. And uh, he had a record. He told us about his record release party. Um, yeah, I was there. I, I don't recall seeing you there, Johnny. Chris, let me just, the audience wants to know, how many times did I talk to you on the phone that day? Probably three times at least. And that's not to mention why I'm driving the van bored and I start doing impressions on your voicemail for you to call me back because I'm so bored. Dude, I can tell when you're bored because you <laughs> fucking light up my phone. I'm at work <laughs> and it's just like, oh, fuck. And they're like, do you need to answer that? And I'm like, no. <laughs> Chris, this is Jens from Amsterdam. Please call me back. I'm hanging out with your friend Johnny. Well, okay. <laughs> I know you're trying to change the subject, but uh, yeah, I'm texting you going, hey, dude, I'm at Gus's thing. Uh, where are you? Like, I'm in bed. I was in bed, first of all, because... Uh, that was the day before 21 Pilots. And being 44 years old, I knew I wasn't going to get home till 1 o'clock. You just brought up 44 because I'm 45, huh? <laughs> Chris, I only got one night a week of rocking in me. <laughs> like, I don't think I could do back-to-back rocking. It would kill me. Hey, so, all right, I'm going to... How did you feel on uh, Saturday? Oh, no, I'm going to tell you right now. So, I was not aware that our dear friend Gus went on at 11. That's normal band time. Oh, fuck, dude. Fuck that. I'm we like, go on stage around 11. <laughs> Get out of bed around 9. <laughs> he, I did not know that. So my wife drops it on me. She didn't tell me until we were walking out. She's like, I'm like, what time is it going on? Uh, 11. What I'm time like, did you get there? Fuck. Well, no, we got there earlier. I mean, we were there at like, I don't know, I was saying like 9.30. So I'm all like. That is so many Diet Cokes. Dude. <laughs> seriously being sober Dude, and going early no. to a show has a whole new 10 o'clock i'm fucking yawning <laughs> i'm yawning seriously i didn't get home like in bed until 1 30 1 fucking Dude. 30 i was wrecked the entire next day the next day i was yawning and tired but thankfully my wife was too so she couldn't like because the worst dude, is when you're down. We only got one day of rocking in us, dude. Dude, I cannot rock past like 10.30. I had to go to the LA Forum the next day. There's a shirt that sums me up. It's like, I'm your ride or die as long as I'm home by 9.30. <laughs> <laughs> That's totally me. I'm, I have to be getting ready for bed at like, I swear to God, 10 o'clock. Yeah. Because I, I get in bed and I read for a while and it kind of, ha- it's like a little kid. Once, you know, you have your routine. Once you get married and have kids, nothing good happens past 1030, Chris. No. No. Well, but it, sometimes. Hey. 
but when I did get home, so my wife had been drinking, so she was tipsy, and I just totally forced myself on her. <laughs> and it was like, I was like, I'm getting something out of this. Were you like, give me some whiskey breath? <laughs> Dude, I'm getting something out of this. And it was one of those situations where she just wanted it to be over. And if <laughs> I were a better man, I would have just let her off the hook, but I didn't. You're like, I'm tired. That's all fine. You, you can lie there. That's I'm fine. like, fuck, dude. I'm going to Bill Cosby you in a second. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I don't care. So. All right. Well, hey, dude, let's start the show. What's up, nerds? And now, back by popular demand, it's time for the top five list. All right. Thank you, Donnie Darko, for that intro. Thanks, Donnie. All right, today we're going to do top five bucket lists. Yes. Do you want to go or do you want me to go? Chris, um, I'll, I'll go first this time. All you right. went first last time. so. Okay, number five on my top bucket list is go to Japan. I've always wanted to go. I mean, if you know me at all, fucking toys, all the fucking rad samurai shit. Japan, sign me up, dude. Hey, um, with that being on your bucket list, I feel it's my duty to tell you. I know you and I have talked about this before. Um, dude, I got to tell you, dude, Godzilla's not real. What? <laughs> <laughs> I know you're like, hey, I want to see Godzilla, Madra. <laughs> dude, they're not real. I want to see where Godzilla was born. <laughs> I want to see where Madra did like the, the two-arm giant swings on the pole. Yeah. I actually, I would love to go to Japan. And actually, there's been talk with my wife. We might be going for Christmas. I don't know. There's talk with my family too. Oh, dude. How amazing would that be if we went in the same country at the same time? Um, we already got in trouble for seeing the same movie by A accident. Movie? <laughs> Nikki would lose it. <laughs> Joy, what are you doing here? We just show up to the airport at the same time and look at Nikki and go, Konnichiwa, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude. You would not get laid the entire trip. No. All right. My number five <laughs> bucket list. Um, people might think this is a joke, but I'm being totally serious. My number five is get my Mormon mother-in-law drunk one time in her life. Oh, and that's not including like like Mountain Dew. <laughs> no, I want her to get drunk on booze. That's and my number five. She's never had alcohol before, has she? Never. Never. And I think I could probably talk her into it. Oh, my heck. <laughs> <laughs> it's a Utah joke. Oh, fetch. <laughs> fetch. Shut the front door. <laughs> uh, okay, we have the same uh, number four. No. Do, do we? Yeah. Hold on. I'm going to double check. Let me look. Because I changed mine to match yours. Because normally we... Oh, we'll... Motherfucker, mine's three. Mine's three. Okay, well, then I'll just do... Uh, Whatever, dude. We can do that. Now, because mine, that's higher up, dude. I can't go for it. Okay. Number, number <laughs> three for me is going to be uh, skydive. Skydive naked from a narrow plane. <laughs> or lady with a body from outer space. <laughs> but for real, dude, I've always wanted to jump out of plane. All right. This is my story. I just actually got an update on this guy. So a friend of ours, uh, her stepfather has like skydived like 780 times this better not go bad no it goes totally bad dude his skydive like 785 times his best friend is like over 900 two months ago the friend so you have your one 
shoot, come out, and then you have your backup. Yeah. Both of them failed. Fucking fell to the ground. Who broke. packed the shoots? He did. Fell to the ground, broke every bone in his body, lived. And he's, but now oh. I just got an update on Saturday. Dude, he's fucking like walking around. I mean, they're like, he's going to be in, I know he's going to be in pain for the rest of his life, but it's like, he totally, how the fuck from 10,000 feet? Did his body like bounce when he hit the ground? I, it I, I, had to have. It, anytime you hear somebody lead off the story with like the number of jumps, it's never going to end well, dude. No. And then his face landed on a grill. <laughs> That was on. It was on a Sunday. It was during Super Bowl. Dude, there is no... Fu- I mean, first of all, I'm afraid of heights. So- yeah, but that's... See, that's the thing, dude. I, we did, I did parasailing in Mexico because... Oh, I got a story about parasailing, <laughs> dude, motherfucker. That happened to me. I went parasailing in fucking Puerto Vallarta. They see, dragged me along the beach. Oh, they, <laughs> and then that they, Yeah, they dragged me along the beach. They finally gave me my money back and told me to go away. And I had Chris, fucking gravel on my teeth. I just want you to know, as a bro, if I was there, you would have laughed at me. I would have recorded it on my cell phone and put you on kook slams. Because <laughs> that's the kind of bro I am. Dude, this is bullshit, dude. <laughs> bullshit. Yeah, right. no, wait. So, yeah, the, on my parasailing, the, Nikki and the kids thought it'd be funny because I'm afraid of heights to uh, have me do, par- you know, where Nikki's going in front of the kids. Like, come on, do it. Don't be a pussy. That's that's my wife talking in front of the kids. And so I go, and of course, the the sail is made out of a giant uh, Corona Extra parachute. <laughs> I'm like, I'm going to fucking die sober with a Corona Extra parasail. That's how I'm going to go out. That's funny because that's how I want to go out. <laughs> Naked and on fire. <laughs> Whoa, where did that, where did fucking naked on fire come from? It's Puerto Vallarta, Chris. Catch up. <laughs> all right, so you just all right. You said your number three. I don't know. We've gone off the rails with the top five, so this is my number four. Okay. I want to go to Bora Bora. Oh, just like uh, in Triple X. <laughs> you know what? I've never seen Triple X, so I don't even know the that whole reference. movie. He's like, I'm saving for Bora Bora. <laughs> Dude, why'd you just ruin my number four fucking bucket list, I bitch? didn't know you had such a Vindy. So- well, dude, the hair. I haven't seen it now, Chris. I want to go to Bora Bora and go fuck yourself. <laughs> All right, go ahead. What's your, I guess your number. Our number your three. F- Our number, I was supposed to change it. I didn't. I said I would. All right, so we both have the same number three. I'll let you do it. And that's uh, one day our old asses, if we just keep showing up. It's, it's at some point later, they'll have to give it to us they'll have to give us their black belts because <laughs> so they're like they're just gonna keep showing they're up three keep days showing a week up. i know if they fucking if you give them you know their black belt they might stop showing up <laughs> all the time yeah i want my fucking black belt dude i i don't want to stop and i keep getting injured so like every time there's an injury i'm like is this the one where I stop? No, I'm going to keep so, going. So this is what keeps me going. And it's when I first started jujitsu, I read this article. This guy retired. He was like 58 or something. And he started doing jujitsu twice a week because that's all he his body could handle. And in 15 years, he got his black belt. So I'm like, fuck it, dude. If he can do it, I can do it. But now that you're doing it, you're like, I don't know. <laughs> fuck, dude. I don't know. Maybe I should go back to two days a week. Yeah, I can't do that. No, but hey, we're having fun. All right, so what's your number two? Um, uh, my my number two 
is go for a ride on the Goodyear blimp. Now, this, this holds meaning to me because when I worked at Black Flies and I was fucking cocaine and Merlot, Johnny, there was this guy who his best friend's dad was a pilot of the Goodyear blimp. And every Sunday, like he probably called me at least three times, probably four times to like, hey, Johnny, this is Rob. We're going to go on the Goodyear blimp today and you're welcome to meet us there. We got a seat for you. And, uh, you know, you can, you can go. We'll go check out uh, it, look for empty swimming pools to skate and stuff from, from the Goodyear blimp. Dude, amazing offer. Super nice guy. And every, but I was so hungover every Sunday. Dude, hair from the fucking dog. I did. I just remember always being so hungover and thinking in the back of my mind, you're going to regret this one day. And he, and he, he invited me. And so every time we're on the 405 about to go to the, to the 110, it's right there on your right-hand side, docked. And anytime I see a football game where it's flying over, I see it all. That, that fucking blimp haunts me now. Dude, <laughs> I, I don't understand. I mean, that's why I was an alcoholic and drug addict, because I kept taking hair from the duck yeah, the but next I, day. I didn't drive anywhere. And everyone that knew me when I partied, that was the one thing I didn't do, is I didn't, I didn't operate. But it's during the day. I, drive during the day. I, I, you know, hey, I didn't get married right out of high school, Chris. I was at the clubs till like <laughs> four or five in the morning, too. All right, all I, right. I was at the after-after party, dude. Uh, all right, my number two. You are number two. (laughs) (laughs) Your mom's number two. Uh, I want to get my wife to say I'm sorry. (laughs) Good luck with that. I think I have a better chance of riding the gun (laughs) you (laughs) play. My wife and I have been together, God, freaking creeping on, what, 24 years? I mean, 25 years? We've been married. We celebrated our 20-year wedding anniversary in June. Uh, I think in that time, I legitimately, I think she said, I'm sorry, once. <laughs> once. So I, it's about time for another one. So I want her to say, I'm sorry. <laughs> Good luck with, with that. N- without a but. I'm sorry, but. <laughs> like, no, I just want, I'm sorry. Oh. Okay, what's your number one? Dude, my number one. Is, uh, you know, my, my family's getting older. My dad's getting older. And, and my, my brother. Like, we were always you, told. You, you're getting older. I, dude, it's obvious, dude. If you saw me walk in here, you'd see how old I am. But um, I've always wanted to go to Portugal, and more specifically, the, uh, the small island of Madeira. That's where, like, my ancestors are from. They, they came from Portugal to Hawaii before it was a state. And uh, I always thought it'd be cool to see where, like, my ancestors came from. It's also a little... Fun fact, that's the same island that um, that Ronaldo, Portugal's famous soccer player, is from. We look, we look alike, right, Chris? Oh, dude, spitting image. <laughs> the resemblance I'm is uncanny. Like, God, you look like... I mean, he has hair on the top of his head. I have hair on the top <laughs> of my head. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Can't even tell the difference. <laughs> All right, what's your number one, bitch? <sighs> number one, tap motherfucking Johnny. Oh, well, if you would have shut up to the Long Beach Open, uh, <laughs> I was giving that out all day. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll talk about we'll talk about the Long Beach Open later. All right, well, and that concludes top five bucket list. Yeah. I don't mean to be an asshole. I guess it just comes natural. But I know you love my brutal. 
Chris, where we last left off on uh, the last episode, we were just about to compete at Long Beach Open, and our only worries was like, oh, we just got to make the weight that like, wait, we're going up. We're going the fat weight. We're going fat weight. This we're, not, the- we're not cutting weight. Like everyone I know who competes cuts weight. And then the next day we're like, hey, I, we're on the phone where we were, I was like, hey, we should probably like weigh ourselves with our geese on. Oh, the dude. fat weight? Yeah. And I weighed myself and I was exactly 0. <laughs> 0.04 pounds, like right at the weight. I was, I was, I'm like, I went for the fat weight and I'm barely like, and, dude, I'm just like and, one freaking frozen yogurt away from going overweight. And we still had like five days till the tournament. It was like five days. And I was, I was only a half pound under. Like and, I could do damage. I could, clear that in one day of pow- power eating i was i mean seriously i was worried about making weight and my wife so i had like a week i'm like all right i gotta make weight but the funny thing is is i noticed so i'm like was kind of going i was being good and i was feeling comfortable but dude i was so stressed like the two days before when i weighed it was like i was like 173 and so uh, like three days before i was like 180.4 pounds and I <laughs> couldn't go over 181. Yeah. And I was kind of stressed and I'm like, fuck, dude, the geese was, I mean, cause everyone's like, Hey, the gee weighs like three pounds, dude. I swear it to way God. Way more than, it was like six pounds, dude. Dude, I swear to God, my gee was freaking made out of like carbon or something. <laughs> cause it was freaking heavy. No, I was freaking. And then I, and then instantly I had to change my diet. So bye, oh, Del Taco. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Hold on. Let me tell the story. <laughs> so. Johnny realizes, oh shit, I have to to watch my fat weight. And he's sending me pictures of like fucking like, I don't know what skinny skinny, pop. Skinny pop. uh, Why why are you making me eat like a bitch, Chris? (laughs) Hashtag Chris's fault. (laughs) (laughs) Hashtag Chris's fault. Hashtag chick food. (laughs) Yeah, it was like a, it was was skinny pop, uh, skinny pop uh, snack. Uh, size. Yeah, it's like a hundred calories. That was like my lunch for like two days. And I fucking <laughs> that and like almonds. And I, I was just, I kept texting you like I fucking. I hate, hate you. you. I can't believe you talked me into this. Because the only reason why I was doing the tournament, so you didn't have to do it by yourself. No, and I appreciate that. Hey, hey, I totally appreciate that. That no. I have to do it by myself. No problem. Because that would have sucked. I no. would have totally backed out. I probably would have. I would have been like faked an injury or something. <laughs> but speaking of injury, so. It was the Friday, so our competition was on Sunday. It was our last day before I competed. Yeah, it was Friday. And, and what did you, I say to you that and morning? And you said, hey, dude, so we're drilling. <laughs> He's like, dude, I don't think we should spar because we're going to get hurt. And it's funny because on Wednesday, I sparred, and it was like the next day, my shoulders were hurting. Like, I, w- I went too hard. And yeah. it was like, you know what? He's probably right. Like, let's just, like, I don't want to be hurting for the tournament. And then all of a sudden, Johnny's like, okay, well, Lou, let's go. No, no, no. Then all of a sudden, like I was, I was going with that. And then all of a sudden our professor's like, all right, if you're, uh, if you're competing on Sunday, you should be sparring every round. And like, oh, he's yeah, young. He did say that. They're, dude, he's still at that bulletproof age and we should have just known our bodies. <laughs> yeah. So but, what happened? 
Um, very first, very first, uh, very first round. I was with our friend, uh, Mr. Lou Dog Photog, that's been on the show, and we're still standing up, and we just had each other's like sleeve and collars. We're just locked up, and I stepped back, and felt a pop in my calf muscle, and like, I fucking tore my calf muscle. You know what's funny is that so at that time I was rolling with Coach Jeff, which was fucking bad idea because he's a goddamn bully. What's he gator rolls? Fucking you. dick move, <laughs> and all of a sudden, so he has me in a bad position. He probably fucking has me in side control or something. He's like, "Hey, I I think I I think he said you were my partner. <laughs> Your partner, I think, is trying to get out of the fight." He- and I look over and fucking Professor Ian's like rubbing your calf down like you are a racehorse. Uh, dude, it hurts so <laughs> fucking bad. You don't even understand. Like, I, dude, I still can't. I haven't been. I've been. Dude, you were hobbling. Like, we walked into. So it was at uh, the pyramid, Long Beach Pyramid. Is that what you call it? Just Long yeah. Beach Pyramid, right? You were hobbling in there like fucking Tiny Tim, dude. Oh, oh dude, when I, when I fought my first fight, I gave the guy the. The like that give him the like after you so he couldn't see me limping behind him. <laughs> yeah, no, I seriously, if I would have been in your position, I would have bowed out. I would like, no. dude, I'm not, I'm not okay, fucking fighting. Number one, dude, we're old as fuck. We did this as like a thing to do, and number two, I wouldn't have left you hanging, dude. Like, fuck, well, dude. I hey. appreciate. It. I'm just saying, I'm probably not that big of a man. And if anyone's wondering, I lost both my fights, and uh, oh, fucking, I lost mine. So this, so my fight, the worst or the easiest part about the whole thing was the actual fight. It was leading up to it, the anticipation, not knowing. I'd never done it before. And the guy that I competed against, totally nice guy. Like, you know, same age, same kind of deal. You know, it was a purple belt. Um, and it was just like, hey, dude, we're just doing this for fun. He was totally nice. Um, and... So we're going, so it was a five-minute round. Halfway through, I look up at the score, you know, the table where they have the score, yeah. and I'm like, all right, zero, zero. Like, okay, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. And then he fucking passed my guard, and the points just got away it from me. It's just like, <laughs> ching, 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 ching. <laughs> and you know what's funny? So people told me, they're like, everyone told me. Like, you're going to compete, and your adrenaline, like, you're dump, and then all of a sudden, your grips, like, you're not even going to be able to close your hands. Like, yeah. it's just going to be like... Because you, you're grabbing so hard. You're going so hard, and then all of a sudden, you're done, and it's like, oh. And I'm the whole time, when people are telling me, multiple people told me the yeah. same thing. I'm like, eh, I don't know, dude. Like, I don't go totally crazy when I spar. Like, <laughs> it's a different story in a tournament. Too. You know, I'm not, you know, whatever. I'm like, yeah, maybe. I don't think so. Like, I'm, I don't know. Holy fuck, dude. I could not straighten <laughs> my arm on Monday. Like, yeah. my arm was so sore because I was like stiff arming him to keep him from passing yeah. my guard for probably three minutes. That's a long fucking time. <laughs> dude. My free seriously, I could not straighten my arm. You know it what hurt so bad. So we both lost, but you know what I loved about that day? Like you and I carpooled up together. We fucking we had been doing the whole weight jokes all week because 
because it was funny. Um, then we went and saw our friend Kenji fight, and our Kenji, we were there for Kenji, Richard, Richard. Richard. There's a couple of the white belts that did awesome. All the white belts, Dustin won. freaking killed it. He won, he won gold with his freaking long ass legs and that freaking <laughs> triangles. God damn, dude. If I had long legs, I'd do triangles too. And uh, the Muay Thai, uh, Bryce, 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 uh, also won, yeah, he won gold. So yeah, but oh, dude, and the crazy thing is, you and I were only supposed to each have one fight, and then at the last fucking second after we recorded the podcast, Roy, the guy I fought at American Nationals and beat, signed up to fight me. Yes, he went up a division, right? Yeah, he, he wanted like, revenge. He, yeah, I guess so. Well, he got it. That like, uh, but you know what? I I you know I will confide that uh, that that actually turned into like something really cool, like. Cause it got weird after American Nationals. Like he wrote some like kind of weird shit to me. <laughs> like I'll fight you any place. <laughs> yeah, like on LinkedIn. Or yeah, something? on LinkedIn. And so then you know a couple of days after uh, the tournament, I looked at my LinkedIn page and there was a there was a message from Roy and it was it was very sincere. He apologized like you know from those. Co- I sent it to you. No, you sent it. You know, and the part that it was a very stood touching to letter. Me, I mean, because when you competed, you were a white belt, right? Yeah. Almost blue, like we were both like four stripe, you know. And he said, like, "Hey, you know, I apologize." Like I he didn't... said, I was a prick. That was <laughs> yeah. And it's like I, I didn't know what jujitsu was about, and yeah, I no, it was heartfelt. It was cool. Yeah, it was. He wrote a very cool letter to me, and you know, I wrote him back saying, you know, no, dude, that's awesome. You did great. You know. You know, regardless of my body being hurt, you were the better man on the mat that day. And that's, that's awesome. You know what? I never, I told my wife this and she kind of, um, she was like, what? No. <laughs> yeah. I've never posted anything about jujitsu. Like I don't post it on Instagram or anything like that. Like then, you'll tag me and th- shit. Then or how do you know? Then it never happened, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I don't, like, I got tagged with, like, when I got my blue, Kinji, but uh-huh. I just, I, I don't know. Like, I, I've just never posted anything about it. But I posted, uh, Kingsley took a photo of me. It was after my fight, and I was talking to Coach Jeff, and he was kind of, hey, there's things you could have done differently, and he was giving me some advice. And it was, it actually, I liked the photo. It was a good photo. So I posted it, and I just said. The support was incredible. Dude, it was, to be totally honest, I mean, I've never got that much outpour. I mean, because I was really honest. I was like, hey, I lost, you know, by points. Um, you know, I'm going to get better. I'm glad I did it because I really didn't want to do it, you know. Yeah. And people were really supportive. And I think, it, you know, it just resonated. I think everyone, I mean, dude, there's shit you want to do, but you're like, oh, fuck. You talk yourself out of doing it. No. You're, you're afraid to do it. And, you know, we talked to some people we train with and someone who I look at who's a fucking beast and was like we asked when we got there oh are you competing he's like no dude i'm afraid yeah and it, it was, was like dude i get it like but that was the coolest part like the group of guys we train with i really do care about the dawn patrol yeah they're a good group of guys i mean everyone knows because i'm always posting shit chris about the dawn patrol but... oh no i need posts <laughs> for me that's cool <laughs> but you know it's like my family my 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 job and and dawn patrol dude those are like three consistent things in my life i love those guys um lou wendell andrew and and that day you know we didn't do so good but the the amount of support i felt was insane like that's why i would compete again it's not to win anymore it's it's to 
to do better and and hopefully get some more of those guys with us this time because it really is fun doing the stupid shit like weighing yourself and and hyping up your buddy that that's you know gonna go compete with you i would like all those guys to compete like we do like a smaller tournament i would like not to be hurt next time but i make no promises well see i don't even have the excuse of that but i would like to point out as we end this segment um we both lost but i actually got a silver medal what what i got bronze dude i had so i think we can all claim that i actually am the winner in this scenario dude you're you're always a winner in my book (laughs) (laughs) yeah i got the participation medal (laughs) And it's going to go right next to my gold that doesn't do shit that, that clogs up my dresser, too. It's not, it's not about the medals, shit. It's about doing it. And we did it. Buddy, you're a boy. Make a big noise playing in the street. Gonna be a big man someday. You got mud on your face. You big disgrace. Kicking your can all over the place. Singing, we will, we will rock you. Okay, Chris, um, we were going to do this in recommendations, but like, I just feel the need to defend this movie that we just saw. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What do you mean defend? Defend from whom? All the, it's getting bad reviews from the is critics. It? Yeah. It was uh, like, it was pretty low on Rotten Tomatoes. Is it? Yeah. What about you, the fan? Look at that. Let's tell them what it's about. All right. So we're talking about Bohemian Rhapsody, the queen movie, the biopic directed by Brian Singer and... Dude, what's fucking his loved it. The what's R- his old, what's Remy Maslick? I don't know. I just call him Mr. Robot. Mi- yeah, Mr. <laughs> dude, you guys know who we're talking about. Um, so this was a film when I saw a trailer for it on television. My son was like, "Oh yeah, I want to go see it because it's rare that there's a movie that comes out." I mean, they're like the Marvel films, but my wife's kind of like, eh, "I guess." Now it's up to a sixty-two percent on Rotten Tomatoes. But oh, it was like 30, critics or fans. Critics, it was it was at like thirty-two. Fans, it's ninety-three percent. So to me, and I don't really follow Rotten Tomatoes that much, but to me, that is the critics. I don't even pay attention to the critics, but it's the fan. Like if the fan rating is in the nineties, I'm like, you know, it's probably going to be pretty good because I've I've encountered a few films like that. The critics savage it yeah but then the fans like it and it ends up being pretty good so the whole family my whole family wanted to see this film as did mine and so we went on opening night and it started out i'm, I'm gonna be totally honest it started out it could have gone really south because it well hold on hold on hold on these guys came in that sat in front of us i get I'm one of those guys, if people make too much noise in a theater, I lose my shit. Oh, dude, I tell people, shut the fuck up all the time. Yeah. So these guys come in. One of them is dressed like Freddie Mercury (laughs) from the Live Aid concert. Okay, he might have gotten a little bit of a pass for me. (laughs) But no, so the thing is, I'm looking, I'm like, oh, these guys are totally into it, and they're not going to be fucking talking. The movie started the first, like, five minutes. They're fucking talking. Are you like, are you fucking kidding me right yeah, now? Yeah, like, dude, that would be like someone coming in dressed like Spider-Man talking through a freaking Spider-Man movie. Or like a kid turning on his lightsaber during Star Wars. Yeah. And once everyone told me to turn off the lightsaber, I turned it off. <laughs> <laughs> so my wife finally just got up and was like, hey, are you guys here to watch the fucking movie? Your wife talk? stepped up? Dude? Yeah. Yeah, dude. And they were like, actually, they were really cool. They were like, oh, sorry, 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 sorry. We're just really excited. Okay. It's like, all right, but they shut up. An, so, an incredibly coked out. <laughs> I'm sure, dude. 
You know what? So the first, for me, the first half of the film, they're covering so much fucking material that it felt like there were things, and I understand you only had like two hours, but that they were really just speeding over these elements. Like, you know, Freddie, his kind of like audition was... Explaining his uh, extra teeth in his mouth and like that was it. Like Yeah, that was done. I mean, it was just like they were hitting these beats but they were just going so quickly over them no in the first 20 minutes it kind of started out like oh shit is this gonna be like a vh1 dude i uh, thought it like you know like the movies made for tv i thought it it was like a lifetime it could have gone that way yeah it kind of felt like a little bit like a lifetime movie which by the way i love all those too i the jackson american family on vh1 the i thought (laughs) so mr robot I, it really pisses me off. I don't know the guy's name. I see it all the time. Isn't I, it Remy Malik? Fuck, I don't know. Give that fucker an Oscar already. Do I have to wait till the Academy Awards? So this Wars? is this is my. I don't know if he'll win the Oscar, but guaranteed he's going to be nominated for an Oscar for Best Actor, dude. Yeah, he his performance. He fucking killed it. Like, there are a lot of times where I will see an actor portraying someone, and it's like for me, the Doors film. I still saw. Val Kilmer. Val Kilmer was tough, but like then, uh, like. Uh, but in this film, it, I saw Freddie Mercury. Yeah, I saw Freddie Mercury. I was not going. Hey, that's Mr. Robot. Yeah, I saw Freddie Mercury. It was amazing. Now and the music. Let's be honest, dude. The music. They have so many fucking hits that every song that came on, dude. My whole family was bobbing their head, and we were rocking uh, out. The rest of the actors, um, fucking, they nailed it. They all looked great. The Brian May actor oh, looked dude, great. He was amazing. You know the one I oh, dude, it was the bass player. I Yeah. Whatever his but, name. He was the in the original Jurassic Park, he was a little boy. What? I, yeah. I was looking at him and I was like, fuck, I recognize that actor from somewhere. So I looked him up and he was the little boy from the first Jurassic Park. Yeah. Little That's, tidbit. Did not know that. Still don't know his name. Gotcha. But shit, I'm calling the... Oh, the guy that played the yeah. bass player. Yeah, yeah. Because oh, I'm, yeah. like, I'm like... No, not the queen the, bass player. How did, how did the queen bass player <laughs> go back in time and play the little... I was confused, Chris. No, the actor, sorry. The actor that played the bass player. Yeah. Got it, got it, got but, it. But... Great story, Chris. <laughs> uh, hey, don't blame me because you're thinking, how did you go back in time? Dude, I, my head hurts. I got so confused so quickly. So, my one construct you know my one critique of this film not gay enough (laughs) (laughs) well maybe after i say this comment (laughs) it should have been rated r it should have and that was the whole argument that sasha barracone had about wanting to play freddie mercury which he was originally signed on i mean i understand he wanted the debauchery so and yeah, and they and that was another part that they really kind of sped through. They, I mean, they definitely it's definitely a Disney-fied version of Queen. They did not get into. I mean, I mean, they got the point across. My son, my nine-year-old son, Donnie Darko, still leaned over to me and was like, "Dad, was Freddie Mercury gay?" And oh I, shit! Really? And I was like, oh, "He's the lead singer of the band called Queen." It tells you right there in the name. Catch up. <laughs> <laughs> dude, did he really yeah at what point in the film did he say that when, um probably was making out with a dude <laughs> well no that was my thought like when the guy but the thing is though i know even, he, i know he had told him i know he had told him like a long time ago but the thing i i mean to be honest 
I will take my kid to a rated R film. I don't care. But my son won't go. I'll be like, hey, let's go see that movie. Oh, that's rated R, Papa. Uh, that's not appropriate. Yeah, he wouldn't even see Deadpool he, with... I know. I'm like, dude, come on. Did you go. ever get him to watch it? Oh, fuck no, dude. He said, you know what? He said he would watch the TV version. And I'm like, oh, well, let's not even bother. But dude, hey, well, we're getting a little off subject, but that was a great fucking movie. And I recommend everyone go see it. It was, you know what? There were a couple. So it really hit its stride, like the second half of the film. And there were some touching moments where no. it was like legitimately like, oh man. No, and it's super cool. Like I remember Live Aid being on TV when I was a kid because my brother was a huge U2 fan. So like he knew what time U2 was going to come on a Live Aid. And I remember seeing Queen when I was a little kid. And like I remember even back then. You remember seeing him on Live Aid? I remember Did you watch the Live Aid? Yeah, it was, I didn't. It was, I didn't watch the Live yeah, Aid. Yeah, it was. It aired on like a bunch of channels, but MTV was one of the channels that aired on. And I remember even back then they were saying like, "Oh, well, Queen stole the show," and I was like, What's "I remember." I remember hearing that that Queen stole the show. Like, yeah. everyone was like, "They killed it," and it was funny. So the next day, I saw the film on a Friday. And the next day I was like, dude, I'm going to watch the actual Live Aid. Oh, and, and I watched it online and it was like spot on. Well, in the movie, he's actually lip syncing to the audio from Live Aid. It was... Like, so when you hear this in the movie, they, that was really going down. Like fucking Freddie, Freddie killed it, dude. I think Freddie Mercury, I mean, you watch the Live Aid performance... Dude, he is like the quintessential frontman. I mean, he was a rock and roll star, like frontman. Yeah, like incredibly charismatic. Um, I don't know. He was a, a, quite the showman, dude. He was. It was. It was a good film. I liked it. So everyone, go check that out. Bohemian Rhapsody. Don't listen to the critics. <laughs> some of the fancy beatboxing right now dude i could be a professional beatboxer <laughs> it's the same fucking song over and over. <laughs> gotta keep them separate <laughs> <laughs> this is chris knows one song okay so episode 19 rex what are we gonna call this episode should we have it be a surprise you know what truth be told you always come up for the most part you've probably come up with like 90 percent of the titles and then you spell it correctly. <laughs> <laughs> it's the writer. You come, up, you come up with the titles. And I'm normally, I mean, every once in a while you give one that's kind of like, ah, but for the most part, it's like, dude, that's funny. Yeah, we'll figure, we'll figure it out. Well, well, I mean, and by we, you, yeah. you'll figure it out. Um, okay, recommendations? Yes. So I, my recommendation, of course, another book. One of these days I'm going to fucking... Huh, what was that? <laughs> so I helped Nick the Tooth. I found him. He sent me a, a taxi. He was like, dude, I had no idea that Frank Herbert's Dune 
was a serial in analog magazine back in like the freaking early 60s. And I was like, what? And so I went online, eBay, found them, and I was thinking about getting them. So there are three issues, and it was like 75 bucks or something for all three of them. And it was from this place. We all need to take a field trip out there, by the way, uh, in Orange. The, the comic like, book store in Orange? Yeah, it's like a little antique book shop, comic book. Super down for that. And... So we were selling them, and I was thinking about buying them, and then Tooth was like, yeah, I bought them. And I was like, yeah, fuck, all right. But that made me go back and pick up Dune and start rereading it. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, I fucking reread Dune. <laughs> just kind of like, on all, <laughs> I didn't mean to. I just kind of was like, hey, you know, it was cheap on Kindle or whatever. And Dune, I think a lot of people just watched the David Lynch Dune film from like 1984. Myself included. And dude, that film's, I need to, I'm going to rewatch the film after I've, you know, I actually, I mean, I have like, I don't know, a hundred more pages of the Dune book. I mean, it's like eight, it's almost like 900 pages. After you're done worm writing in your mind. (laughs) Well, and that's, so I remember tidbits of the film. Yeah. But I need to rewatch it. Because I remember at the time, just like, fuck, dude, this film was fucking weird. <laughs> like, it was just really out there. I didn't totally understand it. But the book, and I was saying this to Tooth, and he agreed with me, it was like Game of Thrones before Game of Thrones. There's a lot of political intrigue. And Dune by Frank Herbert is amazing. It's a great read. I highly recommend it. That's my recommendation this month. It sounds awesome. Chris, guess have what? You, hey, real quick. Have you ever read one of the books I've recommended? Uh, I read the the graphic novel that you... Uh, oh, Powers? Yeah, and I was cramming the night before because I hadn't picked it up. And so that's like one for like uh, 15. But that's fair because I've never listened to any of the music you've read. I know. You still so haven't. So it's fair. So, yeah, all right, cool. Okay, my recommendation is a book, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's what? my what? joke to you. What? What? But, see, I love band autobiographies. And no, truth be told, just be honest. You love books about people getting really fucked up. I do. <laughs> but that, that's besides this music. I love mu- I love music, movies with people getting fucked up. Okay. Hey, I used to love the party, dude. What do you want me to do? <laughs> I could relate to it. But, uh, Except the fame and fortune part. Yeah, I know, fucker. I'm more about the down now shit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but it's uh, Beastie Boys are coming out. They just came out, released a new book. It's called Beastie Boys Book, and it's fucking 590 pages. It's the, a lot of ways. It's a tribute. Like they were obviously mourning about um, MCA passing away. Yeah, and. Uh, but they do rad shit that tip like Beastie Boys are always known to do fucking rad stuff. And like some of the things they do is they have guest people come on, guest famous people come on. Like Amy Poehler writes a thing on them. They do, uh, they give out cooking recipes in the book. And it's all these rad. What kind of cooking recipes? I, I get the book. <laughs> but it's, it's all these uh, rad stories, pictures that they've had, you know, from opening for Madonna to. All the way spanning their career, and I. Did they open for Madonna? Yeah, I didn't know that. Like eighty four, 
the fight for your rights party. They, these when they opened for Madonna, they had a giant like thirty foot blow up penis that would come up during fight for your rights party. Really? Yeah. That they still have supposedly in a warehouse somewhere. It's in the book. So I read a book, and I don't really, I don't read too much nonfiction, but I read a book um, on the making of Paul's Boutique. Oh yeah. And with the Dust Brothers producers. Yes. And it has the most samples in any album of all time. Do they? Yeah. And it was this is before you had to get that much clearance. Yes. And they even said in this book, like today to do that, there's no fucking way. It will never happen again. There will never be an album. Yeah. And it was so ahead of its time too. They talk about, and just the making of it. And they rented like this house and, you know, the Hollywood Hollywood Hills Hills, and just like the debauchery and then the pranks that they would do. Okay. In the book, the house they rented, it was like it was belonged to these old rich people, and they went in the closets, and they, there was all these oh, disco clothes. Yeah, they talk about that. Yeah, old like their old clothes, and they would fucking like have parties and so, be wearing yeah. all this fucking. And they crazy thought clothes. it was, and they like went out and they were going all the Hollywood. They went to like Dolly Parton's birthday party in the Hollywood Hills, and they thought it'd be funny to go put on the disco clothes. And little did they know, like uh, Mike D had to meet his idol, uh, Bob Dylan, wearing a lime green disco suit because that's what they wore from the house over to the party. Dude, those guys were back in the day, just fucked up and didn't give a shit. Yeah, no, crazy, crazy. Yeah. And, and the book looks awesome and it's sparred like, I've been listening to Beastie Boys nonstop in my car. Donovan now wants me to make him a mix of Beastie Boys. That's... It's a proud, proud dad moment right there. I think if I had to do my top five favorite songs, Sabotage is probably clocking in at maybe two. Dude, two. all their music's rad, dude. I, like, I am fired up on the Beastie Boys all over again, dude. Oh. Okay, and um, so we're going to take you out with the song, and it's not going to be Beastie Boys, Chris. Uh, Greg, the lead singer of... Uh, of Bad Religion was on K-Rock the other day because uh, I guess K-Rock asked him to do the Acoustic Christmas. And he got so excited that he, they, he finished recording a song that day and brought it to K-Rock like two days ago. And it sounds like, and like you know, might as well be a, a 92 uh, Bad Religion song. It's fucking awesome. And like Bad Religion and other groups, like they don't really steer too far from the recipe. Which is great. I love all the Bad Religion albums. And this is a, this is a song that he put together called uh, My Sanity. And uh, I hope everyone listens to it because Chris won't. <laughs> Thanks for listening, guys. Oh, it's
believe There comes a time To release the cord of self And with confidence declare your state